This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. News first at 59 past the hour. 77 WABC News starts now. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. It's the morning news hour. I'm Noam Layden. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a mix of sun and clouds today, another beauty, high 63. Tonight and overnight, some clouds, low 52. And then Wednesday, more sun than clouds, high 66. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 51 and partly cloudy in East Chester, up in Westchester County. 49 and partly cloudy in East Orange, down in New Jersey. And it is 51, we'll call it scattered clouds, outside our Midtown studio. So much to get to as we work our way up 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. The big story continues to be overseas in the Middle East, uh, Gaza, Israel. The president saying yesterday you might have seen President Biden says he'll travel to Israel on Wednesday in the midst of the Israeli-Hamas war, which I guess officially isn't really underway, but we'll get some information on that in just a moment. That as the uh, U.S. and Israel say they're working together to provide humanitarian aid to Gaza. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken back in Israel yesterday making the announcement during his latest trip there that they'll try to open up this alley. The United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza, and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas to help keep civilians out of harm's way. Of course, one of the big questions about this is how do they get that aid safely to the Gazans who need it? Hamas might try to get in the way. The United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza, and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas... I think he just said that, but here he is. ...if Hamas in any way blocks humanitarian assistance from reaching civilians, including by seizing the aid itself, will be the first to condemn it, and we will work to prevent it from happening again. And then we're getting a report overnight. The Pentagon has uh, told 2,000 U.S. troops to be ready to deploy to the Middle East. The Wall Street Journal said the troops would not be serving in a combat role if sent. The report comes just as the U.S. sends a second carrier strike group off the coast of Israel. The first carrier strike group arrived last week. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said the carriers are meant to deter hostile actions against Israel. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, the Israelis have amassed troops on the southern border of Gaza, between Israel and Gaza, waiting at some point with what we think will be a ground invasion on the part of Israel. Let's get the latest now, as we have every day. Let's go live to Jerusalem, where... Alex Trayman is he's the uh, Trayman is he's the CEO and Jerusalem bureau chief of the Jewish News Syndicate JNS uh, JNS.org rather and he joins us live on our newsmaker line good morning Alex Good morning Noam Give me the latest Alex on what those troops are doing on the Gaza border are they getting ready to go in Well, the longer that they haven't gone in, the more people are starting to doubt whether they will go in. That's both on the Israeli side and on the uh, Gazan side and in Iran and elsewhere. People are waiting a little bit uh, shocked and surprised uh, with great tension as to whether or not uh, the troops will enter. It's believed that now with uh, President Biden coming to Israel uh, later today that uh, probably a ground invasion today is not going to happen. 
And is, is it a possibility that some of this has to do with the, what we're hearing, what, 200 hostages maybe being held in Gaza, that there may be some diplomatic uh, talk going behind closed doors to get some of these people freed before Israel goes in? Yeah, there's definitely diplomatic efforts to try to get uh, hostages freed. Last night, Hamas released the first video uh, of one of the hostages uh, saying that she was treated in good condition and that she hopes that uh, she'll be released soon. Uh, you know, so they're already starting their their psychological warfare uh, using the hostages. And uh, yes, uh, both uh, from the foreign nationals that are that are hostage in Gaza, as well as the Israelis, I'm sure that there's numerous efforts underway to try to secure their release. So that video is of Mia Shem. I think that's the woman's name. What does she say in that video? I think she's speaking in Hebrew, if I'm not mistaken. She's basically saying that uh, Hamas, that she's in Gaza. Hamas is treating her fine. They provided her with food and, and medication if she needed, uh, and that uh, she she hopes that uh, she'll she'll come home soon. Have we heard from Mia's family? Have they spoken out since that video was released? Yeah, the the mother came onto television and she was uh, she reports that she was screaming when she saw it, and uh, yeah, it's that's the hardest part, of course, for all Israelis is is the families of those uh, who have loved ones that are believed to be held alive inside the Gaza Strip. Yeah, it does give, I would imagine, those Israelis, and we think some of them are American as well, uh, some hope that these hostages are alive. Yeah, there's belief that, that many of them, if not most of them, are alive, and the Hamas would want to keep them alive. If they wanted them dead, they could have killed them on the spot. The, the whole purpose of bringing them back over into the Gaza Strip was to hold them alive and to use them as collateral to negotiate with Israel. Now, when we spoke with you on Friday, uh, Israel had leafleted, warned Gazans to move from the north of Gaza to the south as this uh, invasion would begin. Uh, Do we know how many people have followed that order and have gone to the south? Yeah, there's over there were over a million residents in northern Gaza. And the IDF this morning reported that uh, about 100,000 Gazans are believed to remain uh, inside Gaza City, which is uh, obviously, you know, 10% 10% of what was there, but still a very considerable number of civilians. And so uh, this, there's lots of talk, of course, of uh, how they're, where they're going, how they're being fed. Uh, I know they're trying to open up this, uh, essentially this way to get the food in. How's that going to work and when might that begin? Well, I think it's a little bit odd that Israel is being uh, considered one of the partners in figuring out how to get the humanitarian aid in. You know, there's a war going on between Hamas and Israel. Uh, and Israel should not at this point be responsible for the humanitarian aid going to Gazans that should be uh, organized by the United States, the international community, and by and large really should come through Egypt, uh, which also shares a seven-mile border with the Gaza Strip. WABC Newstime 509 on our newsmaker line, Alex Trayman, the CEO, Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. He's joined us um, almost every morning since the initial terrorist attack through this potential war in Gaza, and he's on our newsmaker line again this morning. So, Alex, uh, what is going on? inside Israel. Has Hamas been able to fire off and continue to fire off rockets into Israel? 
Oh, absolutely. Yesterday afternoon when we were here in the office, uh, there were air raid sirens. We started moving to the uh, bomb shelters. Even before we were able to get there, we started to hear explosions directly overhead. You could see the clouds of the Iron Dome intercepting uh, the the rockets. And and one of the rockets actually fell in the hills on the outskirts of Jerusalem, causing a a very loud uh, explosion. Uh, And there's been rocket fire almost incessantly uh, for the last week. This morning, uh, just maybe an hour ago, residents in Beersheba, which is Israel's third largest city, were all ran into bomb shelters. There's There's been rockets. There's been rockets that have hit hit uh, towns and buildings. There have been people that are injured. You know, there the, feels like there's no normalcy, of course, amid that when rockets are being fired. And uh, I can just tell you from my own personal experience, my entire family is north. And what's so interesting to me is, you know, when I talk to them, they say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work every day and things are open. But that's not the case, of course, in Jerusalem and places like Tel Aviv. Are people able to get on with their workday? Are they going to school? What is it like there? Uh, schools are closed, Mohammed. Right before this uh, show, I just had to get my car battery changed. I was in the industrial zone, uh, not far from from my house and my office. And uh, people are out and about. The streets are full. I, you know, a few days back, the streets were empty. But there's something incredible about the Israeli society and the resiliency uh, that they just clean up the mess and get back to work. <laughs> and it's strange, but uh, people here seem to have already gotten used to the situation and and are figuring out how to cope so are you racing to your safe room when you hear those alarms go off every day uh it depends what's happening i I was on uh with sid a few days ago when the siren went off and i just stayed on through the interview i guess that made for good radio uh but uh yeah we do try to get to uh we try to get to the safe rooms because uh, as you hear more and more about how what happens when these things uh, hit uh, and, and 90% of them are intercepted, at least. But uh, if they do hit, and some do, they they can really kill people. I mean, they, they could do a lot of damage. So many um, Americans were caught in Israel because it was a big vacation period when the attack took place. We are now seeing some of them start to come home. But uh, I saw, what was it, a huge cruise ship, uh, cruise ship that was taking Americans away from the Port of Haifa yesterday? Yeah, the United States arranged uh, arranged a cruise from Haifa to nearby Cyprus, uh, and uh, hundreds of uh, American citizens got onto that ship. It's been reported, actually, that the uh, people that got on the ship had to sign a form stating that they would repay uh, whatever was the cost of the journey uh, after the fact. Um, I don't know if I would feel comfortable getting on a ship, you know, knowing that uh, Hezbollah has rockets and they could attack but you know that's a choice that people have to make for themselves so they they hired up a hired a ship and then you had to sign something do we know what what the cost is what it's going to cost these people i'm not sure and, see that. <laughs> and i assume they're on their own once they get to cyprus now to get exactly home. yeah they exactly people are trying to get from cyprus to greece you know where there's there's local flights and then uh struggling to to get from there back to the united states on their own on our newsmaker line, Alex Trayman, CEO, Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. So uh, one, last, one last question before we let you go. Do you, do you have any thought of this ground war is going to happen? And if it is, when they might go in? Well, you know, we've been told that it's going to be imminent for, for several days. 
there are definitely hundreds of thousands of troops amassed on the border. They are going through their battle plans and uh, last-minute training exercises. Uh, it seemed, though, that uh, it, it should be imminent. At the same time, there's definitely the fear that if you send troops into this booby-trapped area, uh, that unfortunately there could be there could be military casualties, which is really the, the last thing that Israelis want. And and also Israel does have a very very strong air force and is able to hit many many targets uh, and level destruction through the air. So we have to see what happens. But I, I think that it's also important to consider you know what message is being sent to the enemies of the Jewish people. You know in the very first moments of the war and throughout. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has said that we're going to destroy Hamas and that this is a war and there's going to be a ground operation. Uh, and every day that the ground operation hasn't started is uh, perceived as a projection of weakness on the part of the Israelis, which is something that I think that uh, really is is detrimental to to our standing. I lied when I said it was my last question. I got one more. So President Biden is going to come to Israel late. Was it later today or on Wednesday? Um, is that a big deal? And what do Israelis think about that? Well, on, on the one hand, Israelis are always comforted to know that uh, the United States stands with them. At the same time, there's a lot of people here and analysts that are uh, reporting that the purpose of America's quick rush to Israel is to really prevent Israel uh, from doing what it needs to do on the threat that uh, entering the Gaza Strip could cause uh, a, a wider regional war, which they are trying to prevent. Uh, so on the one hand, they're saying, Israel, we support you. We have your back. On the other hand, uh, there's a feeling that they're that they're really trying to hold Israel back. All right, Alex Trayman, the CEO, Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. Check out the great work they do at JNS.org. Alex, as always, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Norm. Sure. Israeli uh, Defense Forces member Chaim Mauspin says there's a delay in the ground invasion of Gaza. This is what Alex was talking about. There's a big, big one. It's supposed to be in a few days, not tonight. Yes, so uh, he says Hamas should be on notice either way. To show these criminals, these grotesque terrorists, that that terror will not, that is not going to continue. Our families will be safe and security will be restored. All right, it's, of course, the war, unfortunately, playing out here. And as the morning wears on, we're going to hear from a Palestinian restaurant owner uh, here in the city who's been attacked. We'll hear from some Jewish people in Brooklyn who've been attacked. We'll get to those stories as the morning wears on. But first, 516, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, Justin Ellick. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to you, Noam Aladin on the ice. That's where we'll begin here, the Rangers and Devils. We're both in action last night. The Rangers squeaked uh, by the Arizona Coyotes by score two to one in their home opener at the Garden. Chris Kreider opened up the scoring in the first before Vincent Trocheck got his stick on an Artemi Panarin wrister for the eventual game winner in the third. Here's what that action sounded like, courtesy of MSG. Chance for a two-on-one. The Rangers win for the second time in three games this season as they'll get set now to host the Nashville Predators coming up next this Thursday night. 
As for the devil's Did you see? Do. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go for I, Actually, I did mean to interrupt you. Oh, the guy went in the car? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How great was that? First night of the year. Isn't that good? What kind of car does he win? I don't know. It was on the ice. I didn't see what it was. But um, he shot it into this hole that's, I don't know, how long, how, just barely enough it's, to I big, think it's to literally as, as big as the puck. Yeah. 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 And he won a car. That was pretty cool. How about that? And you only get one shot at it? Yeah. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Helke Barrister on that fan. The Rangers do win, though, Gnome, for the second time in three games this season, and they will host the Predators coming up Thursday. As for the Devils, they did their best to overcome a four-goal third-period deficit last night at home against the Florida Panthers, but came up just short, ultimately falling by a score of 4-3. to three. They moved to 1-1-1 one, one, and one overall for the young season before getting ready to face off with the Islanders next on Long Island come Friday night. On the gridiron, the Cowboys and Chargers were in L.A. for Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 6 action. Dallas pulled out the 20-17 to win on the road to move their record to 4-2 on the year. All the Chargers fall to 2-3 and three with the loss. Finally, to the Diamond and the MLB playoffs, where the NLC, uh, NLCS got underway last night between the D-backs and Phillies in Philadelphia, opening with a 5-3 Phillies win. The Phillies will take the 1-0 series lead in the game two set for tonight at 8.07 p.m. As for the ALCS between the Rangers and Astros, the Rangers jumped out to a commanding two games to none series lead in game two yesterday. They win both games in Houston. They beat Houston by a score of 5-4. to four. Game three of that series will have to wait until Wednesday as the action gets set to shift not very far over to Arlington. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to D.C. Congressman Kevin McCarthy, of course, used to be the House Speaker, says today he feels good about Ohio Republican Jim Jordan's chances to succeed him as House Speaker. He has been an integral part of, of our team when we took the majority, helping us get the majority. And McCarthy says he's focused on getting Jordan elected today. They'll take a vote likely at noon. Jordan nominated by Republicans late last week and apparently has been building momentum. The only reason anybody's even talking about that is because eight Republican members worked with every single Democrat to remove me from Speaker and put us into this tailspin. Several Republicans initially opposed to Jordan yesterday announced a plan to back him. He needs 217 votes to be elected Speaker. Of course, this comes with a little more than two weeks after McCarthy was ousted from his position in that historic vote that was brought on by Florida Republican Matt Gates. A former President Trump says the limited gag order against him in his his federal election interference case is unconstitutional. During a campaign rally in Iowa yesterday, Trump says he plans to appeal the federal judge's decision and claim the Justice Department has weaponized against him. Today, a judge put on a gag order. I'll be the only politician in history that runs with a gag order where I'm not allowed to criticize people. Can you imagine this? Do you believe this? I'm not allowed to criticize people. The order issued uh, prohibits Trump from making statements publicly targeting special counsel Jack Smith and his staff, uh, court staff, potential witnesses. The federal judge, however, decided against restrictions on disparaging the Justice Department at large, which prosecutors requested. So apparently Trump can still do that. But it's it's. So un, so unconstitutional. The good thing is we have so much support, it's incredible. So, and it just makes it even more so. 
Look, I'm the only guy that ever got indicted. I got indicted more than Alphonse Capone. Did anyone ever hear of Alphonse? <laughs> this comes after the former president sharply criticized the judge and prosecutors in the case. The charges against the former president stem from his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The third Republican presidential primary debate will be held in Miami. The debate, hosted by NBC News, is set for November 8th. Qualifying candidates must poll at least 4% in two national polls or 4% in a national poll and one early state poll. Candidates must also have a minimum of 70,000 unique donors. Former President Trump, who remains the party's frontrunner, is expected to skip the debate. I'm Michael Kastner. Down to Texas. Texas state lawmakers looking to make it a state crime to illegally enter Texas from Mexico. That faces some opposition, though, from the Texas Catholic Conference, which says the federal government is in charge of regulating immigration. The federal immigration system provides a process for the government to ascertain the differences among traffickers, victims and legitimate refugees. That's a lawyer for the uh, Catholic Conference side. Uh, They say the overwhelming majority of border crossers are not criminal, and they say this would make it seem like they are. Many victims and asylum seekers cross the border without lawful status, but then file for asylum or another form of relief as soon as possible and can obtain it through the federal system. The obligation to control the international border lies with federal authorities. But the author of this bill is confident that he can tailor it in a way that it would survive federal scrutiny. The head of Ford, Ford Automobiles, Ford's chairman, calling on the United Auto Workers Union to make a deal and to end these acrimonious talks. Let's come together, reach an agreement so that we can take the fight to the real competition. So Bill Ford warning the ongoing strike by the UAW threatens the future of his company and the American automotive industry. Last week, more than 8,000 workers walked off the job at a Ford plant in Louisville, Kentucky. Toyota, Honda, Tesla, and the others are loving this strike because they know the longer it goes on, the better it is for them. Shutting down that plant harms tens of thousands of Americans right away. It hurts the communities that depend on these local economies. Bill Ford says he's calling on the UAW to make a deal, and he says Ford is ready to make a deal. We've offered a record contract which would make our UAW employees among the best-paid manufacturing workers in the world. The strike actually goes back a ways already. Now, the nation, the nationwide UAW strike against the big three automakers that started back on September 15th. WABC News Time 525. The 2028 Summer Olympics will see five new sports added when the games are held in Los Angeles. The International Olympic Committee has announced that flag football, baseball, softball, cricket, lacrosse, and squash have been approved to be added to the program. Cities are able to request the addition of sports when they host the games. The president of the IOC said the choice of the five new sports will showcase iconic American sports while also bringing international sports to the country. Modern pentathlon and weightlifting also received endorsements from the IOC to be included in the 2028 Olympics after initially not being part of the program. I'm Michael Cass. I kind of like that they're adding flag football. That's fun. Flowers uh, placed on the Hollywood Walk of Fame next to the star of actress Suzanne Summers. This woman bringing flowers to the star yesterday. The thing that I remember the most was during the pandemic, she was always doing a live on Instagram. And it helped me through the pandemic because she was always so positive and cheery. Suzanne Summers died after a long battle with breast cancer. She was 
just one day shy of her 77th birthday. My wife and I actually worked with her on a project. It was back at least a decade. Her and her husband, Alan, some of the nicest people you ever want to meet. The opening bell, it rings this morning after stocks rallied to kick off a busy earnings week on Wall Street. All three major indexes gained about 1% or more as investors shrugged off a rise in Treasury yields. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 314 points. S&P 500 rose 45. The Nasdaq climbed 160 points. Investors today, they'll be keeping an eye out for earning results from companies like Bank of America, United Airlines, and Johnson & Johnson. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. That's me, 532. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, the high 63. Tonight and overnight, some clouds low. 52 and then wednesday more sun than clouds high 66 if you're walking out the door with us right now 51 and partly cloudy in eastchester up in westchester county 49 and partly cloudy in east orange in new jersey and it is 50 and clear here in midtown we'll start this half hour on staten island where migrants were moved from a migrant shelter at the former st john the villa academy catholic school on monday after the site had been the center of protests for weeks, the migrants were moved after the FDNY visited this site to inspect it for fire violations. Apparently, they found some. And so that's why they decided to move these migrants out of the shelter. This was early Monday. Uh, John Tobacco who's a well-known figure out on Staten Island, I guess in New York City for that matter, has been leading the charge to move migrants out of shelters on Staten Island and took yesterday as a victory lap. So after months of Staten Islanders standing up, fighting back, telling Mayor Adams, Governor Hochul, and President Joe Biden that Staten Island will not stand by and allow them to force illegal aliens down our throat. Tonight, there was a victory party in Staten Island. We celebrated the fact that over 300 illegal aliens were evacuated from the Staten Island shelter and told they have to go back to the Roosevelt Hotel. People in Staten Island stood up tonight. They celebrated tonight. They thank God tonight that sanity remains in New York City. Another center being run out of the former Richard Hungerford School in Tompkinsville was also closed due to asbestos. Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella says safety has been one of their arguments all along about putting a shelter in a former school. He said it never made sense, and he says thank God for the FDNY. Well, we've said uh, since this facility opened, uh, it was proposed that it was not a viable uh, entity that it was in the middle of a beautiful residential community adjacent to St. Joseph Hill Academy and a couple of blocks from PS39. It was just wrong on so many levels. And it was wrong because it was deemed to be unsafe. A migrant named Ishmael, who had been living in the shelter for about 20 days, say he and his wife, were woken up yesterday about 7 a.m. They were shuttled to the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan. There, From there, they were going to be sent off to another shelter somewhere in the city. 534. 
A local restaurant specializing in Palestinian food says it's faced bad reviews and some criticism since the fightings overseas began. Ayat has uh, several locations, even opening a new restaurant on the Lower East Side very recently. The uh, tables were all full last night, but the owners say um, that they have received these uh, Yelp reviews, which are, by the way, kind of important to these restaurants. These online reviews are big because people who might not know the restaurant go online. I've done this before. I'm sure you have as well. You go to see what the reviews are, what people are saying about the restaurant. Well, they say since uh, everything broke out in Gaza, the Hamas attacks on Israel, they've gotten one bad review, one star reviews after another, after never receiving reviews that low. We got a flood of one star reviews from people who we know for sure never visited this restaurant. Uh, and, and 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 just it was all back to back. Random people, even their names were where um, if you look at the history of their reviews, all their reviews are, are locations in Israel. Yeah, they say they think it's Israelis who are giving them one-star reviews. The owners say they, just like most other Palestinians, do not support Hamas. And they say if someone just asked them that question, maybe they wouldn't have gotten those bad reviews. That going on as a anti-Muslim bigotry has uh, heightened big time since the, well, we'll call it a war, since the war started. Uh, you had a group in Patterson speaking out yesterday, say that there's been attacks against businesses and people in their community. I need my father to stay alive. I stay up at night. Oh, so I should tell you this. Uh, do a better job of setting it up. This woman uh, says her father is back in Gaza today, and she's been trying to communicate with him. I need my father to stay alive. I stay up at night, every night, praying and hoping he comes home safely. Palestinian lives are not lesser than any other life. Every day... We sit waiting on our phones to see if if our friends and our family are alive. And the uh, head of this organization, a Palestinian rights organization in Patterson, says it has been bad. Words matter, and your words as elected officials have shaped a twisted narrative that has dehumanized and even demonized the Muslim and Palestinian community. And it's on both sides, by the way. There's been attacks on Jews as well. Surveillance video shows two young men in Flatbush asking if a 14-year-old boy was Jewish before they shoved him to the sidewalk. The same guys, a short time later, confront what is a traditionally dressed Jewish man and kick him in the stomach. Uh, The ADL says it's worried about these attacks. We are very, very worried that we are going to see a huge wave of anti-Semitic incidents. Yeah, well, apparently it has already started. WABC News Time 540 out to Queens. A 19-year-old Queens man still recovering from injuries he suffered when he was attacked on an MTA bus on Sunday. He's speaking out. He was the victim of what seems to be an unprovoked religious-based attack. He is sick, and he wears a turban. And this dope got onto this bus and tried to yank his turban off. He was trying uh, to take off my turban because he said me that uh, uh, when he was messing up with me, he said me that you can't do like that in America. He punched on my neck and my back. When I moved my face, he punched on my nose. Yeah, this victim uh, did not want to give out his name, but he was uh, riding on a bus, uh, Liberty Avenue in Richmond Hill, on his way to a sick temple, which was just a few blocks away when this jerk uh, attacked him. I'm okay right now, but uh, I'm I'm really 
disappointed from this. Yeah, he says he just moved to the country about a year ago and says he wants justice. And this guy caught the good thing is there are pretty clear pictures of the person that carried out this crime. So just a matter of time till cops catch up with them out to Long Island, Suffolk County police looking for the man they say stole an arrow key from a mail carrier in North Babylon on Friday. That key opens dozens of mailboxes in the area. That's those transfer boxes where mailmen or mail women do, mail carriers, how about that, leave their mail bags and then they'll go pick up the mail along the way. The theft happened uh, around 3.30 in the afternoon. This guy came up to the mail carrier and it looks like he had had a gun. It's not clear he did, but asked for that key. And so the mail carrier handed over what's called an arrow key. He simulated that he had a gun uh, in his sweatshirt. And he pointed uh, what appeared to be uh, a gun at him. And then at that point, removed the arrow key. Not surprising this is happening in Long Island because this has been a huge deal not too far away in Queens. There are tons of stories of people seeing someone with this arrow key opening up a mailbox, grabbing a bag of mail, jumping into a car and driving it away. And they haven't really caught up with most of these people. And of course, they rip through the mail looking for checks, uh, looking for credit card applications. I imagine that is what is happening here as well. The primary concern is fraud. People not only mailing checks, but applications, credit cards. Uh, they, the criminals harvest this information and then open accounts in other people's name. Identity theft is, uh, you know, a huge concern for them. Yeah, so uh, in the past, the postal office said the best way to mail a letter, if you still do that kind of thing, is to go into the post office and give mail to a postal employee. Here back in the city, FDNY. Receiving a six-figure check yesterday to bring a special ambulance to the city that is reserved for obese patients. This is like an extra-wide, extra-big ambulance. And they say there's countless stories of showing up to a scene where they need to take somebody away. And either they can't fit them into the ambulance or they have to move so many things out of way that it doesn't become safe to put them in the ambulance. So yesterday, huge check given to help uh, drive around large people. It allows us to do it in a safe manner as opposed to, you know, having to rearrange things in vehicles. This new bariatric ambulance has a ramp, weight-specific lift gear, a stretcher for patients who are over 750 pounds, which is awfully large. Uh, they put it in the Bronx first because apparently that is by far the biggest place for obese people. The most concentration of obese people apparently is in the Bronx. So now this ambulance is there. It's a game changer for us in the Bronx, and we know that it could potentially save lives. It will protect our residents and keep them healthy. And regardless of their body type, they have the right to patient centered care well they do and the other are only two other bariatric ambulances in new york city at this time they're hoping to get more sometime soon out to new jersey new jersey senator bob menendez claims the feds are hunting him down like prey his strong reaction comes after that new criminal charge that alleged he allegedly conspired to act as an agent for the government in egypt in exchange for cash and gold bars uh, he essentially said he can't wait for this trial to come on because he says he will be found in- innocent. Here was Menendez yesterday. So the bottom line is this. The government is engaged in primitive hunting. That's where you continue to hound your prey until it's exhausted and then you kill it. No, 
That's not going to work with me. Lots of his fellow Democrats, including his co-senator Cory Booker, have asked Menendez to step down. Uh, the senator says not going to happen. He's due back in federal court next week where he's expected to plead not guilty to the added criminal count that he's facing. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Aladen. We'll start here on the ice. The Rangers and Devils both in action last night. The Rangers squeaked by the Arizona Coyotes by a score of 2-1. to And their home opener at the Garden, Chris Kreider, opened up the scoring in the first before Vincent Trocek. Got his stick on an Artemi Panarin wrister for the eventual game winner in the third. Here's what that action sounded like, courtesy of MSG. The The Rangers win for the second time in three games this season as they'll get set now to host the Nashville Predators coming up next Thursday or next to this Thursday night, I should say. As for the Devils. They did their best to overcome a four-goal third-period deficit last night at home against the Florida Panthers. But came up just short, ultimately falling by a score of 4-3. to three. They moved to 1-1-1 one, one, and one overall for the young season before getting ready to face off with the Islanders next on Long Island come Friday night. On the gridiron, the Cowboys and Chargers were in L.A. for Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 6 action. Dallas pulled out the 20-17 win on the road to move their record to 4-2 and two on the year, while the Chargers fall 2-3 with the loss. Finally, to the Diamond and the MLB playoffs, where the NLCS got underway last night between the Diamondbacks and Phillies in Philadelphia, opening with a 5-3 Phillies win. The Phillies will take the 1-0 series lead into Game 2, set for tonight at 8.07 p.m. As for the ALCS between the Rangers and Astros, the Rangers jumped out to a commanding two-game-to-none series lead in Game 2 yesterday. They win both games in Houston, and uh, including last night's victory, of course, by a score of 5-4. to four. Game 3 of that series will have to wait until Wednesday as the action gets set now to shift over to Arlington. Noam, that's sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning, which continues to be the mess in the Middle East. President Biden says he'll travel to Israel on Wednesday in the midst of what might be an Israeli-Hamas war. The United States in Israel, meanwhile, apparently working together to provide humanitarian aid to Gaza. Secretary of State Antony Blinken making the announcement during his latest trip to Israel. Uh, he was there back again yesterday. The United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas to help keep civilians out of harm's way. Of course, this is in reaction to the Gazans who have moved from the north to get out of the way of the war to the south. Many don't have a place to stay. There's a lack of food. Uh, now, apparently, all of that's going to come their way. The United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will, en- if Hamas in any way blocks humanitarian assistance from reaching civilians, including by seizing the aid itself, will be the first to condemn it. And we will work to prevent it from happening again. All right. So the big question is the war between Israel and the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas is um, it hasn't started yet, at least not the ground invasion. There's been military strikes from the air. Uh, there are some questions about 
if it might happen. If you were listening earlier this morning, we had Alex Trayman on from JNS.org, a reporter who's done a great job covering what's taking place in Israel over the last seven, eight days for us. Uh, now he says people are questioning whether there will be an invasion on the ground. Israeli Defense Forces member Chaim Mousepin says uh, his crew is ready whenever it begins. We have to secure our borders. And yes, we are doing our part. Our unit specializes in in rescue and all kinds of special things that the regular army isn't prepared for. Yes, so uh, he was asked, why is there a delay in the ground invasion? The big, big one is supposed to be in a few days, not tonight. Yes, so he's not giving ready any timeline, um, but he says Hamas either way should take notice. To show these criminals, these grotesque terrorists, that that terror will not, that is not going to continue our families will be safe and security will be restored. Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Michael Herzog says Hamas has one goal. They will wage an all-out war against the state of Israel, and we are determined to destroy the war machine so that they cannot threaten us again. It's not about only restoring deterrence. It's about destroying their capability to threaten us. We watched yesterday as Americans made it back home. Some who had, were vacationing in Israel or visiting family got caught amid the terrorist attack. And all that took place afterwards uh, were able to get out of the country. The American government has been helping charter some flights to European countries. What was interesting to watch yesterday was that the port of Haifa up in the northern part of Israel, hundreds of Americans getting onto a cruise ship to evacuate Israel. Uh, Some of them had been there on a Christian pilgrimage to Israel. They were part of this cruise ship that went from the port of Haifa to Cyprus, which is not that far away. We didn't think the trip would go this way, to put it mildly. It was impossible to get a flight home. uh, We had a flight on Delta. It got canceled. Yeah, so commercial airlines, United, uh, Delta, and um, leaving out one. American Airlines have all uh, stopped flights between the U.S. and Israel, and they say they probably won't be back up until November at the earliest. So for many people who are stuck there, uh, this ship, which is owned by Royal Caribbean, and can carry up to 2,500 people, was the only way to get out of Israel. Shocked and um, outraged. It is hard to hear their stories. You know, some people are pregnant and uh, some people have children. Yeah, those are some of the people getting onto the boat talking about the stories they have seen and heard over the last week. Reminds me of old news footage of you see of World War II refugees. I can't believe this is happening again. Yes, so the latest count, at least 30 Americans have been killed in the fighting, 13 still unaccounted for. It's not clear how many of them might be held in Gaza captive. We are seeing for the first time a video from the captors, uh, a woman, her name is Mia Shem, an Israeli woman. Uh, she's pleading for her life, asking for Israel to come and save her, uh, assuming that video was released by Hamas uh, over the last 24 hours, uh, seeing it for the first time this morning and across Israel, her family responding, saying, uh, thank God it looks like she's still alive and begging the Israeli government to go find her and bring her back home. And let's go back to that cruise ship story for a moment. Just so you know, the uh, Americans who were getting on that ship were asked to sign paperwork that said they would pay back the American government for the cost of that cruise ship which uh, between the uh, Israel, the port of Haifa, and Cyprus. And then the 
those American citizens on their own to find a flight from Cyprus or somewhere else to get back to the United States. That as the um, Senate in Washington beginning work on an aid package for Israel in its ongoing war with Hamas. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham says the U.S. needs to help enable Israel to destroy the Palestinian militant group. Destroying Hamas not only will make Israel safer, it will be a better day for Palestinians who do not have to live under this terrorist group. So uh, he says it's all about going after Hamas. The Senate will put together a package that will have military assistance to Israel replenishing Iron Dome rockets that are being used extensively, Um, medical aid because they've taken a lot of casualties. And then, of course, the president will be there tomorrow. Uh, back here in New York, Mayor Adams says the NYPD continues to secure all sensitive locations as tensions rise. Adams says the city continues to monitor threats and notes that uh, uniformed cops are visible, present throughout the city as the war rages on. And we have reached out to all of our partners. We have several meetings uh, with our houses, worships and other leaders uh, throughout the city to put them also on high alert. And we're saying if you see something, uh, say something. So far, he says no credible threats against the city. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has until today to hand over documents to Congress connected to the COVID nursing home policies from early and the pandemic. Cuomo's spokesperson says it's a political move because he says the data is with the state and has already been reviewed by the Department of Justice. Sad and unfortunate that some people are still seeking to weaponize the pain of others in order to advance their own craven political agenda. The data they are seeking, which, by the way, the Department of Justice twice, along with the Assembly and Attorney General, all poured over, is with the state. Cuomo's administration accused of severely undercounting the number of COVID nursing home deaths faced criticism for its COVID nursing home policies. Cuomo previously denied wrongdoing, in fact, did so a second time when he was on here, 77 WABC, a few months back. And finally... On a much lighter note, a video for a New Jersey woodcutting business has gone viral. Tobias Smith, he owns Willard Brothers Woodcutters in my hometown of Trenton, put together a video where he sings about the company's sale. They're having a sale on wood. Willard Brothers Woodcutters, we got the score. Exotic hardwoods, live edge galore. Well respected (laughs) in our industry. Maybe that's because the wood's all free. Now, wait a minute. Did I say free? I didn't mean free, just less Yeah, well, you can watch the whole thing. We'll put it up, wabcradio.com. Smith's brother posted the video on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, and it has millions upon millions of views.